This is a podcast from the University of Manchester's Jodrell Bank Center for Astrophysics. For the full show and archives, visit jodcast.net. The night sky for January 2020. Well, we have beautifully long nights, if it's clear, to observe the heavens. And due south, we have this most wonderful skyscape. Orion is center stage. The three stars in its belt point down to the left to the brightest star in the northern hemisphere, Sirius, in Canis Major. If you follow those three stars up to the right, you come into the constellation of Taurus the Bull, with the two lovely open clusters, the Hyades and the Pleiades, and they're a lovely thing to look at with binoculars or a small telescope. Now, setting over towards the west after sunset is the square of Pegasus. The top left-hand star is actually in Andromeda, is Alpha Andromedae, or Alpharats. It gives you one of the ways to find one of the loveliest objects in the sky, the great nebula in Andromeda, M31. If you start at Alpharats, move one fairly bright star to the left, tilt round a little bit to the next bright star, they're going from Delta to Beta in fact, and then turn 90 degrees sharp right, you'll see another fairly bright star, and beyond that, hopefully you'll see a fuzzy patch. It obviously helps a lot if there's no moon. I give a chart and directions how to find it on the Night Sky page. Just search for Night Sky Jodrell and you'll find it. Another lovely object to look at lies between the constellations of Cassiopeia, and it's actually just into the constellation of Perseus. It's called a double cluster, and it's beautiful in a small telescope, and with your eyes, it just looks like a fuzzy blob, but uh, with binoculars, you may well see there are two little distinct patches, the two clusters forming the double cluster. Down to the left of Perseus, you'll see, in fact, almost overhead at the moment, is the bright star Capella, Alpha Aurigae, and that is lying on the line of the Milky Way, which stretches up just to the left of Sirius and goes up to the left of Orion. And there's some very nice open clusters there, M37, M38, and also M36, which you can see with a small telescope. Coming further over towards the southeast, we have the constellation of Gemini, the heavenly twins, with their two bright stars, Castor and Pollux. And finally, as the evening draws on, you'll spot Leo the lion rising up from the eastern horizon with its bright star, Regulus. Looking to the north, we obviously have Polaris, the pole star close to the north celestial pole. The stars appear to rotate around Polaris. You can make some very nice um, star trails images. And that acts a bit like a clock, actually, of the year. And uh, in the evening, if you find Ursa Major over to the north-west, you know it's about the winter time. So let's have a look at the planets. Now, to be frank, there's not an awful lot to see, certainly until the end of the month. So let's have a look. Jupiter, well, it passed behind the sun on December the 27th, 2019, of course, and will be lost in the sun's glare in the early part of January. But by the middle of the month, it'll become visible shining at magnitude 1.9 in the pre-dawn sky and by month's end will rise about an hour before the sun. Now you'll need a very low eastern horizon to see it and of course our views of this giant planet and its Galilean moons will be hindered by the depth of the atmosphere through which you'll observe it.
Now Saturn, even worse, it passes directly behind the sun on the 13th of January, so couldn't be seen until the very, very end of the month. Then, equipped with binoculars and a very low eastern horizon, it might just be glimpsed at magnitude 0.6 in the pre-dawn sky, as it rises about 40 minutes before the sun. But of course, please do not use binoculars after the sun has risen. So I'm afraid they're not really going to be that good this month, are they? Now, Mercury, we might just spot that. It passes in front of the sun, that superior conjunction, by the way, on the 10th of January. So again, will not be visible until the very end of the month. Then, at magnitude minus one, it will set about 70 minutes after the sun and will have an elevation low in the southwest of around nine degrees. Again, binoculars may well be needed to spot it, but please do not use them until after the sun has set. Well, we can see Mars fairly easily. It can be seen towards the southeast in the pre-dawn sky at the start of the month. It then rises some three hours before the sun, and we'll be best seen at around 7am, having an elevation of 11 degrees. It will then have a magnitude of plus 1.6, and its 4.3 arc second should look something like a salmon pink colour. By month's end, it'll be seen further round towards the south before dawn, and its magnitude will have increased slightly to plus 1.4. Now Venus is beginning to put on a good show. It rises rapidly in the twilight sky this month. As January begins, it could be best seen shining at magnitude minus 4 at about 5pm, having an elevation of 11 degrees above the southwestern horizon. As the month progresses, remaining at magnitude minus 4, its elevation at sunset increases, and Venus will be best seen at the end of the month at about 6pm, having an elevation of about 22 degrees. Now, during the month, the angular size increases from 13 to 15 arc seconds, but at the same time, its phase, that's the percentage of the disk illuminated, decreases from 82 to 74%. And that's why the brightness essentially remains constant throughout the month. Well, finally, what about some highlights? Well, in the evening, as I've mentioned, we have a chance to see the double cluster. And in Perseus, there's what's called the demon star Algol. And uh, this is a binary, occulting binary system. And normally the pair has a steady magnitude of plus 2.2. But every 2.86 days, it briefly drops to magnitude plus 3.4. And again, as I mentioned, on the night sky Jodrell Bank page, it shows you how to find the Andromeda galaxy. Now, around New Moon on the 24th of January, and away from towns of cities, so it's a pretty dark sight you need, you may also be able to spot M33. It's the third largest galaxy in our local group, after first M31, and secondly, our own galaxy. It's a face-on spiral, and the surface brightness is pretty low, so a really dark, transparent night will be needed, and you'll almost certainly need binoculars, either 8x40 or perhaps 10x50. You follow the two stars back from M31 that I mentioned and continue in the same direction, sweeping slowly as you go. To me, it looks like a little bit of tissue paper stuck on the sky, just a bit brighter than the sky background. Well, on the 4th of January... Before dawn, Mars lies above Antares in Scorpius. Mars at magnitude plus 1.5 will be seen just above the rather nice orange-coloured, really, giant 
red giant star Antares. On the 7th of January in the evening, the moon actually lies within the Hyades cluster. And that's easier to find. Obviously, the moon is pretty bright. On the 10th of January, after sunset, Venus lies above the star Delta Capricornus. Shining, as I said, at magnitude minus four, it will lie above the third magnitude star, Delta Capricornus, also known as Deneb Algaidi. Quite not sure how to pronounce that. On the 27th of January, in the evening, you can see a very thin crescent moon lying between Venus up to the left and Mercury down to the right. But again, you're going to need a very low western horizon. I usually mention something on the moon, and in the night sky page, I mention two great lunar craters, which are Tycho and Copernicus. Tycho is near the bottom of the moon, in a densely cratered area called the Southern Lunar Highlands. It's a relatively young crater, about 108 million years old. It is interesting in that it is thought to be informed by the impact of one of the remnants of an asteroid that gave rise to the asteroid Baptisina. Another asteroid originating from the same breakup may well have caused the Chicxulub crater some 65 million years ago, and we all know what that helped to do. It has a diameter of 85 kilometers and is nearly 5 kilometers deep. At full moon, as seen in an image I provide, the rays of material that were ejected when it was formed can be seen arcing across the surface. In contrast, Copernicus is about 800 million years old and lies in the eastern Oceanus Procellarum, beyond the end of the Apennine Mountains. It's 93 kilometers wide and nearly 4 kilometers deep and is a classic terraced crater. And both can be seen with binoculars. So I do hope we have some clear nights. We haven't had too many in the last few months and you have a good view of the heavens. Good hunting. Thanks for that, Ian. And for our Southern Hemisphere listeners, here's Haratina Mogasanu and Samuel Lesky with the night sky where you are. Star Safari Star Safari Star Safari Star Safari Deep Sky Adventures Deep Sky Deep Sky Adventures Star Safari Welcome to a new decade of astronomy, discovery and fun. I'm Haritina Mogoshanu. And I'm Samuel Liski. And together we are Milky Way Kiwis. That is two Kiwis inhabitants of New Zealand who are crazy about the night sky. This month we look up into the night sky of January and February. We are actually at Stonehenge Aotearoa. In the middle of the night, it's just uh, coming up to midnight. And what we are looking at to the south is the Southern Cross with actually Omega Centauri almost about to appear behind a tree. And then we can follow the Milky Way up 
Pass, the Diamond Cross, the False Cross, Canis, Majoris, Orion, then we've got Taurus, then we've got Pleiades, or Matariki as we call it here, Aries, and yeah, that's the end of the Milky Way really, isn't it? Star Safari. What we can see right now, it's the spiral arm of our galaxy. We actually live in the Orion Spur. And every time we look towards Orion, we're looking towards the edge of the galaxy. And every time we look towards Scorpius, which now is like well beyond the horizon, we're looking towards the center of our galaxy. This time of the year is when we see very bright stars, not as many clusters and, and objects that are at the center of the galaxy, but still the Carina, Vela and Crooks region here in the southern sky. This is, this is always all these both goalies and, and you have the Magellanic clouds and they're absolutely beautiful, especially on a, on a dark sky like this one here in Wararapa. Stonehenge Aotearoa here is located in Wairarapa, one of the darkest places in New Zealand. We thought this time we're going to make something different and record on location. So what we've got with us is our giant 16-inch telescope. Sheep. Oh, and some sheep. So actually you might hear the odd barring of sheep. But anyway, we've got our giant 16-inch telescope and we've been galaxy hunting. And actually the fields for galaxy hunting are pretty amazing at the moment. And in Groose, of course, we've got the uh, Groose Quartet with four really bright galaxies. We've got in, uh, in Cetus... Uh, there's Cetus A, and there's what we find about five galaxies around that one, and then of course up in Fornax. So if you follow the uh, you know the the great uh, Eridanus uh, long road around the sky, so Eridanus goes all the way from Rigel, and here in New Zealand goes right up above at Zenith, and then all the way to Akenar. So Akinar actually means the end of the river Eridanus. And it's right at Zenit right now, and we're looking at it. Anyway, up there is this massive cluster of galaxies. How many do we count? We counted, well, I counted about 10, I think. You counted, and I counted like five. <laughs> yeah. It was just galaxy after galaxy after galaxy. It's crazy, but uh, that was that was amazing. Um, in fact, in the eyepiece, at one point in the eyepiece, there were six galaxies. They're really cool because they're four stars that look like a very squashed parallelogram. Parallelogram, thank you. And then to the left of those parallelogram looking like stars is a tiny little triangle, and that's where you see those galaxies that we were talking about. So we decided to put our um, O3 filter on our... Our new O3 filter. Yeah, that we bought last... Uh, after we actually borrowed a friend's one last weekend. Ian Cooper. We had a great look at Eta Carina uh, Nebula with the O3 filter, and it really stood out. It was amazing. And we also used the O3 filter to have a look at uh, Tarantula Nebula, didn't we? That was amazing. I've never seen Tarantula like that ever. And we just sort of browse the whole large Magellanic cloud and you see just nebula after nebula but, after nebula. Let's just talk about tarantula because it, it was huge. It was all of it was in the eyepiece of the 16 inch with this filter on. And you can see so much. It looked like a whole nest of spiders, not just one spider. Tarantula nebula is in the large Magellanic cloud. 
So we're now we're going to do some live stargazing. I'm going to move the large Leviathan of a telescope, not like the real Leviathan, but still was pretty big, um, to have a look at 47.2. 47 Tucane is a globular cluster that is one of the two very famous globular clusters here in the Southern Hemisphere. There is a competition. We talked about this competition many times. Um, I like 47 Tucane. Other people like Omega Centauri. 47 Tucane rocks. So now we'll have a listen to what Harry says when she sees 47 Tuc in the eyepiece. Wow, this is amazing. So I can see 47 Tucane right in the center and it just is beautiful. And you can see the nucleus of this globular cluster that is really, really well defined in this telescope. And then almost like three rays, like it's almost like Tycho crater on the moon. And at the edge of these, um, uh, rays, there are like three stars that are like in a, in a triangle and, and 47 Tucane is the center of this triangle, which is phenomenal. What do you see? Wow, like an awful lot of stars. <laughs> it's stunning. You can resolve the stars. Well, actually, all, well, to the centre, you can actually resolve stars in the core. It's well, you know, what you can see, and it, and it almost looks three dimensional. It is a massive cluster and really, really beautiful. What we'll do now is have a look at sculpted galaxy. I love sculpture. It's so beautiful. And I have never seen the four stars that are actually in the galaxy. But with this big telescope, with the 16-inch telescope, you can actually see that. Star Safari. Star Safari. Star Safari. So Sam is now adjusting. He's really, really fast at finding galaxies. He's like the most... uh, Fast person I've ever seen in finding galaxies. So you know, it's you can actually sort of see a little bit of detail in the in the galaxy itself, but it it spans the whole eyepiece. It's quite amazing. And I'm looking at it, and it is stretching through another triangle. This triangle is very, very pointy. So there are two stars that are at the bottom that make actually a tiny little triangle. There's three stars in a almost equilateral triangle at at the bottom of the eyepiece here, and then it's this giant sculptor that is so big and it just stretches all the way up to another star that makes a very pointy triangle with the other two stars. And through the middle of sculptor are four stars, another parallelogram. So why don't we try and find M1? M1, yeah, why not? I would never have thought about that. M1 is here in Taurus, and right now Taurus is really, really high. We can see the Pleiades, and we can see the Hyades. We can even see Aries on the on the northern horizon. In New Zealand, the stars of the zodiacal constellations go through the northern part of the sky and they move in the sky counterclockwise, which is uh, completely the other way around like in Europe. And we can see, obviously, Orion that is really high in the sky. And from Orion, 
Here goes the galactic arm that stretches all the way through to the Southern Cross. And you can see the flounder. Maori call it the flounder, and we call it the Cossack in Europe. And you can actually see it. That's how dark the sky it is right now as we speak. And the two Magellanic clouds, obviously, that are just like just jumping out of the Milky Way and Canopus out there, one of my favorite stars, actually my favorite star um, right now, and here it is, Canopus is almost zenith, like, it's so cool and there is Sirius and there is Canopus and there there is the large Magellanic Cloud and then there is the small Magellanic Cloud, so you've got this line of of things that bright as the second brightest star in the sky, and they are pointing to the large and the small Magellanic Clouds, they're almost in a line of for these four objects. Just phenomenal sky here in New Zealand. It's the most beautiful sky I have um, I have ever seen. And so now Sam is going to show us the one and only M1, the Crab Nebula. M1 was absolutely gorgeous and it was like a fluff of things, wasn't it? Yeah. When we looked at it. So, so we, and, and we just looked just before at M42 that looked absolutely amazing. You could see the four stars of the trapezium and now we're looking at M78. And what do we see? Well, M78, of course, it's the, almost the forgotten cousin, really, because everybody focuses on M42. But there it is, M78. You can see the ref- lovely reflection nebula being lit up by those bright stars at the centre. Wow. In fact, I've got a photo I took of M78, which I have on my phone. We should put it on online. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. Have you seen M78 before? I have never seen M78 before. And you can, be, you can see that dark dust lane in it, you know, that's like on the photo. Yeah? Yeah. Stands out quite well. It is beautiful. So let's look at Eta Carina. All right, it's around this way. Just, just because Eta Carina is so beautiful too. Like everything is so beautiful. Tonight was like this. Wow. All right, there is the beautiful Eta Carina Nebula. I mean, the dust lanes going through that nebula are just so spectacular, and it's like really, really crisp boundary between the nebula and the dust lanes. Um, you have a look, Harry, see what you see. What do I see? Oh, wow, it's a sea of stars, and it looks like lace, and you can see so many of them. And Etacarina, the star, which is kind of hard to see with the naked eye, but now is so obvious right there at the center of all this, whatever it is. I can see a really dark line of of dust coming through it. It's, it's just absolutely fabulous. If you have never seen Etacarina with a telescope, come to New Zealand. And see it with us. <laughs> because we can find it fast. Star Safari. Star Safari. Star Safari. Star Safari.
All right, let's look at the Wishing Well cluster, which is this massive, big collection of stars that just fills the eyepiece. It's just beautiful. And you see those stars are almost, almost equidistant from each other. It's just the whole field, whole field of stars in, in the eyepiece here. And one is like really, really bright. It almost looks like a Christmas tree. It's like a, like a um, snowflake. <laughs> a weird sort of snowflake. Wow. All right. Let's look for Jim. These are all beautiful clusters right here in this part of the sky that is in between the Southern Cross and the False Cross. And some just earlier, he saw a um, fireball. Oh, yeah. I, I was inside getting the hot tea and the marshmallows. Oh, yeah. Could do for more, actually. <laughs> That's what you do. This is just beautiful. Again, it's at the center of the image, so it's quite small. And I can see one red giant star. Everything else is like white, blue, whitish. But one of them is kind of like, as you look, about 7 o'clock. And it's just red. The sky is full of wonders tonight. We were actually really lucky because it is very, very clear. So now, now it's kind of like after midnight, but the sky that you, we see right now after midnight in January, we will be able to see it around 11 o'clock. And then on the 15th of January, um, we're going to be able to see it around 10 o'clock. And at the end of the month, we're going to be able to see it around 9 o'clock. So everything we look at right now uh, at midnight, we're here with the night owls, with the mopworks. I don't know if you can hear any. There are like a few around us. Star Safari. Star Safari. Star Safari. Star Safari. We're just looking at this globular cluster. Is another no, no, sorry. It's it's an open cluster of stars, and it's near a very bright star. And then now someone from the audience will be like, Ian Cooper will call us and he will tell us exactly what we're looking at. Ian Cooper is one of the most amazing astrophotographers of New Zealand. And last week we were here and Sam was showing him pictures and Ian could tell every single picture what it was and where it was. And we had the best night ever observing with him. NGC 2546. NGC 2546. Mm-hmm. Where? Um, in the Milky Way. Where in the Milky Way? Hang on. Uh, very close to Zenith. Just a lot out of the false cross. So there's an Omicron Valorum. Uh, there's uh, Suhal al Mulif. Oh, yeah, that one. A little bit to the left of it. And there it is. And I have my bottle of tea, hot tea, which is in one of those uh, uh, glass bottles that I'm holding very dear. Um, that is heating me up because it's going to be very cold tonight. Well, actually, it is very cold already. Um, although here in New Zealand, we're almost heading towards the middle of the summer. doesn't really feel like summer. 
Let's do a grand finale. What are we going to look at for the grand finale? Let's look at the jewel box. No? Uh, let's see if we can see those um, really hard to see um, globular clusters in Muska. Hmm. Something new. Muska the fly is um, at two o'clock to the Southern Cross. It does look like a fly. I can see Omega Centauri with my naked eye from here. Thanks. It is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, everything in this country is absolutely gorgeous if you look up and down, both up and down. Okay. Tell us what you see. A globular cluster with a star in it. It looks pretty cool. It's so in the Muska, which is just off, um, just off the Southern Cross, NGC 4833. Is a, is a lovely globular cluster. It's a magnitude six point nine. Um, I can I can certainly see plenty of stars. I can resolve stars right to the center. And in fact, in the eyepiece, you could see it. So it's quite a um, it's quite a, a lovely cluster. There's a nice bright star, kind of not in the middle of it, but to one side. Now the next one I'm going to have a look at is a bit trickier. Let me see too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me see. Oh, this is really tiny. And it's got this tiny little star on the side. Yeah, it looks cool, the little star. So cute. It's a very cute globular cluster. It's very, very small. I must keep talking about it because (laughs) in the meantime, Sam is looking for the next one. And I can see stars around it that are grouped together, like a lot of open clusters around here. But this is just so cute. It almost looks a little bit like 47 Tucana, but like a tiny little version of it. Right, the next one is a little bit higher. What are we looking for? Another globular cluster. Oh, yeah, I can see it. Wow. Worth a satellite going through it. So here we go, another globular cluster. And it's not quite as bright as the other one. I think this one's a magnitude... Um, oh, what is it? Uh, 7.2. So this is NGC 3472. Deep Sky Adventures. Deep Sky. Deep Sky Adventures. Star Star Safari. Safari. NGC 3472. Uh, it's quite big and you, you know, you can see kind of the, you know, the, the diffuse sort of cloud-like smudgy pattern. But, um, overlaid on top of that is a whole bunch of stars you can actually resolve. So it's quite a cool um, uh, globular cluster. This is tiny. It's like so tiny. Well, it's very faint. Quite big. It's not a star. I mean, it is big, but it's like really faint compared to in brightness oh, compared yeah. to everything else we've been looking at. Yeah. There's another galaxy near our sculptor. Let me have a look at, um, which is quite close to the star Dino's um, Kuiper. So we're looking at another galaxy near a sculptor, close to the star Dinokaitos. Oh, there it is. So this one's a—it's you know, not a very bright galaxy. Uh, it's sort of elongated. It's pretty faint. There is a sort of a brightening in the centre, which will be the core. There's a couple of foreground stars in front of it, which are quite bright. Have a look at that. This is so faint. If I thought that globular cluster was faint, this is like the mother of faintness. 
but I can see it. I can see the stars that surround it and I have to use my inverted vision a lot, but I can see it and it's absolutely beautiful. It's just so cool to be here under the sky and do this. Oh, yeah. Actually, a grab the customer I want to show you nearly too. Um, what's this one here? So that was NGC 247, which is a 9.1 spiral galaxy. Um, that's a lovely little galaxy. So what we're going to do is look for another um, globular cluster. This one's NGC um, 288, which is an 8 point, magnitude 8.1 globular cluster. It's just a little bit beyond Sculptor Galaxy. now is closing on to the horizon, and it's about probably 10 degrees above the horizon, going down straight. I love grooves because it has all these double stars. So when you look at it, it's like a necklace. Right. I am looking at the globular cluster, and it is a globular cluster. 288. Globular cluster. So it is very tiny. And Well, it is, but it's very faint. Yeah. Um, And I can see surrounding it like a ring of stars and another satellite. Yes, I saw the satellite too. So there is a ring of stars surrounding this one. It's just so pretty. I don't think I've seen a globular cluster surrounded by... uh, uh, It's almost like, you know, Corona Borealis? When you look at it, it's like a crown of stars. This is the telescope version. Yeah, it's very cool. So, tonight, we have seen beautiful things in the sky. It was amazing. We had people here, and we could share this amazing New Zealand night sky. It's just been a wonderful night. Um, you know, you can see the Milky Way is just, just standing out so bright. The large and the small Magellanic clouds. The Southern Cross, you've got Omega Centauri starting to come up. Gross is starting to, you know, descend down to the horizon. Uh, we've probably lost the Helix Nebula now. Um, yeah, it's just been a really great night, really cool. We had a great bunch of people come out for our viewing session tonight. We're having about 19 people, um, all enjoying and seeing things they haven't seen before. More galaxies than you could poke a stick at. It was a really great night. Star Safari. Star Safari. Star Safari. Star Safari. Deep Sky Adventures. Deep Sky. Deep Sky Adventures. Star Safari. We would like to express our gratitude to our host, Stonehenge Aotearoa, for letting us plant our telescopes in their field. And to the amazing Rian Sheehan, whose stellar music always inspires us. From New Zealand and Wairarapa, Harry and Sam, we wish you clear skies so you can always see the stars. And always remember that we are made from the same stardust as they are. Mm-hmm.